this is the Saxo Market Call, the daily financial markets podcast across asset classes and around the world. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call on Wednesday, August 16, 2023. Um, we we have, well, what can we say? We had a pretty negative session yesterday in the S&P 500. We took out the entire trading range of the prior two trading sessions. A new close for the cycle uh, that started in early August. Um, a lot of chatter about, you know, uh, Fitch potential uh, or warning about a, a you know, downgrade of uh, U.S. banks, including J.P. Morgan Chase. So that goes into the whole conversation about uh, capital uh, availability in markets, uh, cr- credit conditions, etc. And then China, uh, another company, uh, was missing a lot of payments the other day. So this uh, this uh, China is really coming into focus. But yeah, on slide two, very quickly, the continuous future in the S&P 500. You can see the weakness there. We're coming down. The next support level is down at 43.70 level. So that's the support level we had uh, back in... Uh, what was it? Um, around July, early July. And then if you look at the different industry groups, I know you'll focus on this all in today's podcast. Uh, energy was uh, was the weakest sector yesterday, almost down 2%. Banks, utilities, financials, uh, car manufacturers, materials, transportation, some of the weak sectors there. Um, it wasn't particular, uh, you know, cyclicals that sold off. It was also defensive. So it was, and it was not only AI. It was very, just a very broad-based sell-off we had yesterday. On slide three, I've put in, some uh, some charts on uh, on China to consider. So China is Jan, Janet Yellen said it the other day. Um, it's becoming potentially a key risk um, to the U.S. economy. Um, I think our discussion this morning internally was focused more on you know on the liquidity situation. It's definitely uh, uh, you know capital is is. Uh, need to be shored up in the in the banking system let's talk about the offshore banking system we will we'll look at the different indicators that we can track on uh, on china but in the meantime here on slide three i've put in two so the first one is basically just equity performance relative to some of the other countries around china that i've been arguing is winning in this fragmentation game as you can see here china had a rebound uh, back in july and then uh, all of august have been a pretty dramatic sell-off there against other equity markets and then if you look at the chinese uh, largest banks versus the uh, largest banks in the u.s so the u.s banks are the uh, blue line there on the chart to the right and uh, chinese banks are the orange line and i think the orange line really um exempl- uh, really highlights why we have a capital issue in in china so uh chinese banks were nationalized back in, in 1998 and then a lot of the the big banks uh, were uh, ipo'd in the mid zeros and then um, you can see with the orange line that you know the the market value of these banks relative to their uh, balance sheet the total assets were uh, higher than uh, than the u.s banks and during the great financial crisis you know that was more uh, there's more uh, optimism and stronger sentiment around Chinese banks and U.S. banks. U.S. banks there, you can see here, went into a tailspin and then slowly recovered as the credit uh, cycle became better and better. And as you can see with the orange line for Chinese banks, you know, that the market cap continues to decline relative to total assets. And for me, that's the ultimate sign that the uh, that the investors in China are not really not really putting a lot of uh, positive value to those expanding uh, balance sheets. So a lot of bad debt, bad debt probably have to be restructured. But uh, this is an ongoing thing, and we have to watch it. And let's see also how it impacts liquidity across markets. But Ole, you've been patient and been waiting for me to end my uh, intro spiel there. It was a little bit long, but um, 
take us through what's happening in uh, in crude oil markets because it's it's really becoming a, a negative for the for the energy stocks. Yeah, you mentioned the energy stocks uh, selling off quite a bit yesterday. I think part of that is uh, probably just a a, a counter reaction to uh, to recent strengths that we've seen because the energy sector has really been the been the uh, the the island in the in a in a brewing storm in the commodity space. Uh, but uh, with the with the data we had out of China now, the market is is once again just uh, taking stock of the the potential upside to, from further upside from here. If we do see a slowdown in China, we have to remember that seventy. 70% around the demand growth uh, this year, uh, which has underpinned prices recently, is is expected to come from China. So obviously any change there could have a negative impact. At the same time, uh, there's also new stories out that the Iran, Iranian exports just continue to go from strength to strength. It's up by more than a million barrels uh, this year. And that's obviously helping to offset the production cuts in Saudi Arabia. So what you can actually argue now is Saudi is giving, passing on market share to, to Iran because they both have China as a major customer. So that's what, that one is interesting to follow. But uh, today we'll watch the uh, weekly uh, inventory report, uh, the API report, a 6.2 million barrel drop yesterday. Uh, it didn't really get, do much in terms of uh, supporting prices, but we'll watch the EIA later to today. And then uh, just on the price-wise, I just put in the WTI chart, just watch that 21-day moving average. If we start to... If we have a close below that would be the first sign that the that the, the uptrend we had since early July has been broken and we are entering a, a prolonged period of consolidation. All right. And I might as well just continue, Peter, because um, we, we had that uh, week, uh, the strong uh, retail sales uh, figure from the, from the U.S. yesterday. And once again, the investment metals was uh, was under pressure from from uh, from that because it does obviously raised the question whether whether the U.S. Uh, will will whether the FMC will be forced to uh, continue to raise uh, to raise rates. We briefly dipped below nineteen hundred, but just like last time in uh, late June, we saw quite a, a big spike in volume trade volume in the futures market. So it does indicate there is some interest lurking uh, in in this area. Whether it's enough to uh, to hold the market that remains to be seen. I think in the short term, at least, we need to, that downtrend that we, we, we've been in now for the last month. Uh, 1910 would be the first sign that we're getting out of that downtrend, uh, moving towards consolidation. But in order for this uh, negative view to a uh, negative uh, momentum in the market to change, we need to break all the way back above 1940. So uh, still challenge. Keep an eye on the, the dollar and real yields. The recent uh, strength in those have uh, added pressure to the gold price. Yeah, it's... Uh... Fascinating markets to to track right now, crude and especially the, that gold, uh, and and also the whole discussion about where we where do we take rates from here? Because that that retail sales figures were were quite strong in the U.S. Also, when you look at the control group, etc. And um, yeah, at the, at the meantime, I have said that this week was all about focus on uh, consumer related stocks, um, which was uh, coinciding with this retail report. And we had Home Depot reporting uh, yesterday, and Home Depot. Uh, reported better than expected comparative uh, revenue, only down two percent versus four minus four percent expected. They also maintained their outlook for the fiscal year and they announced a fifteen billion dollar buyback program. Shares were actually up zero point seven percent yesterday. That's really a strong performance given the overall weakness we saw a lot uh, across the um, you know consumer discretionary stocks and the stock market in general. So uh, Home Depot might uh, might be turning a corner. And we also have seen. Uh, lately, some stabilization in uh, in in the housing market overall, and and with consumers potentially uh, with higher wages beginning to digest this inflation and maybe coming back. But Home Depot said in their earnings uh, on their conference call that with analysts that um, big uh, big ticket items are still a little bit under pressure here. So, but um, it um, there was a sense that uh, 
Home Depot has turned has turned a corner. Also, yesterday there were earnings from uh, from New Bank, which is the uh, one of the um, one of the fastest is one of the fastest growing banks in uh, in Brazil and and South America. This online bank they um, also has Berkshire Hathaway as their shareholder made a significant beat both on net income and net revenue. Um, credit conditions are not deteriorating uh, dramatically in Brazil and the high interest rates are basically just flowing through the business. So the bottom line was looking very solid there and shares were up 4% in, uh, in aftermarket trading. So I think that's, uh, that's an interesting one to uh, to watch in today's trading session. Um, earnings to watch today. There's a little bit of uncertainty around these Chinese earnings, the Xiaomi and May Twin we flagged earlier and uh, early, last week actually, but also here on, uh, on the Monday's podcast. They didn't turn out to report on those dates that were in the Bloomberg terminal, so uh, they've been postponed to later into uh, to this month. Um, Tencent is uh, again projected to report today, but uh, again, I, it, it seems like these earnings uh, dates for for Chinese companies are not really that that firm as we're used to with the the U.S. and European firms. So um, in the U.S. session, the focus will be on Cisco, um, and I've also highlighted JD.com. And, and target to some extent you we should focus on as well. Um, Cisco is a, is an interesting company because it has a very big backlog of uh, of orders. So despite of this IT spending slump that we are that we are seeing globally, um, Cisco has actually had a have had up some pretty good quarters and expected to to show revenue growth of fifteen percent. So uh, not really that bad to say the least for Cisco. So um, and if we look at the the macro calendar, I talked about the housing housing market. We'll have housing starts and, and building permits um, up 12.30 GMT today. Um, that's obviously going to be quite important. We also talked about home builders yesterday because Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett is taking a pretty significant stake in some of the U.S. home builders, including DR Horton. So, um, and all, you also have a, I don't know how important it is, how important is the weekly crude and fuel stock report from the uh, EIA? Well, really, only if there's a major outlier, or if we see some some uh, some change in the underlyings. Uh, I will keep an eye on Cushing, which is obviously the uh, delivery hub for WTI. We've seen inventories uh, drop there recently, and if that continues to accelerate, that obviously could help underpin uh, pin the the market from the perspective of tightness. But uh, we'll keep an eye on that later today. All right, and then late uh, later this evening, we have the FMC uh, minutes, which will uh, provide a little bit more details on the latest. Uh, rate decision but um yeah a lot i think markets are are drumming up a lot of energy here um focus on china focus on liquidity uh, liquidity measures um it's, i think it's uh, potentially we could enter a period where uh, we have more volatility and uh, more energy flowing through the markets so stay tuned for that and uh, yeah we'll be back same time and place tomorrow thanks for listening this has been the saxo market call for feedback and questions reach out to us on twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email marketcall at saxobank.com. <laughs>